what is up my dudes welcome to olympia oddities i'm trista and i'm steven and today we're here to feature another pacific northwest location with a haunted reputation today we're talking about the hasetta head lighthouse located north of florence along oregon's coastline and the rumored ghost of a woman who's said to haunt the place I wished I'd looked this up prior because I've been to one or two, I think, lighthouses in Oregon, but I'm not sure if this is the one that I've been to. Yeah, I've been to a couple too, but I'm not quite sure if I've been to this one. I can't remember. I've just been so many places and it's been so long. It is, ugh. We'll briefly cover the history of the lighthouse and then dive into some of the paranormal experiences recorded by both staff and guests of the lighthouse turned modern day B&B. Okay, we're going. Right? I immediately want to go. I want a ghosty experience so bad. We recently stayed at McMiniman's Olympic Club in the Roy Gardner room, and we really, really were hoping for some sort of ghosty experience, but the only spooky sounds we heard were our incredibly drunk drunk neighbors. Very drunk. Well, well, that's a story for Sideshow. (laughs) It's coming. The Hasetta Head Lighthouse and the house that the keepers lived in sits on a cliff overlooking the Pacific Ocean. It's one of the most photographed lighthouses in the world, and, according to some, one of the most haunted locations in the entire West Coast. In 1894, the lighthouse began casting out its warning beam over the sea and served as military barracks during World War II. In the 60s, it became home to the men keeping the lighthouse in operation and their families. In 1970, the lighthouse once again found a new life, becoming a satellite campus for Lane Community College in Eugene. This partnership lasted until 1995 and actually has a tie-in to the legend of the ghost that allegedly haunts the lighthouse, which we'll talk about more in a little bit. Ooh, I love legends. I love all kinds of legends. Like, legends the, the of the hidden temple. Just, I, oh, I love it all. I also thought, kind of fun, having like a little satellite community college at the at a lighthouse. That's rad. Usually it's just some building across town. You know what I mean? No, seriously. Like that's That's actually cool as hell that reminds me of like when i was in high school and uh high school in ohio that i went to they would use the theater in town for all of their like high school musicals and like theater productions and stuff and that was actually really rad oh that sounds awesome oh yeah in 1978 the hasetta head lighthouse was placed on the national register of historic places the property originally contained several more buildings but they were demolished in the 40s the keeper's house and the property it sat on then had the U.S. Forest Service take over ownership. In 1995, the U.S. Forest Service selected Mike and Carol Corgan, who were both executive chefs from Portland, to take over ownership and to turn the Hasetta Head Lighthouse and grounds into what they are today, a bed and breakfast, and a reportedly haunted B&B at that. Any relation to uh, Corgan of the Bitly Persuasion? Spelled with a K, not a C. Ah, damn. (laughs) Mike and Carol's daughter, Michelle Corgan, eventually took over running the inn's kitchen, as well as being known for its majestic views, history, grand wooden staircase, and spooky stories. The 15-room bed and breakfast is also known for something else. Elaborate breakfast consisting of seven courses. Okay, this actually sounds better than what Billy can ever produce. 
These are the better Corgans, I'm going to say it Oh, now. yeah, no, absolutely. Also, we're definitely going to this place. I want seven-course breakfast. You know I'm not a big breakfast girly. I was talking about this earlier. I was like, it's too heavy. It's either super sweet or, like, just way too much dense food no, we get No, we got even more thicker into this. No, we're just about these desserts for breakfast. Pancakes, waffle, what the hell? No one else is really doing that. And they're so, yeah, they're so heavy. Like, what is wrong with us? And then we yeah. just cover it in more sugar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's my thing is you can either have like a like sickly sweet donut for breakfast or you can have like a pile of pancakes and both of them are like i don't want to do that in the morning <laughs> but seven courses at a haunted b&b corgans with a k we're coming to visit you i think i could only make it through like two because i'm really not a breakfast girly but i'm down to try the seven courses i'll eat what what is what i the hell seven times I don't even want to go quite too all the way, but no, I'll pick up some of those extra courses. Shit. Yeah, I'll just slide them over to you. <laughs> You'll clean it up. I'll just pick off your plate. But along with elaborate, delicious breakfasts and stately views of the Pacific, guests visiting the B&B also sometimes experience the paranormal. While the B&B doesn't heavily publicize its ghosts, that hasn't stopped the public from finding out. The Victoria Room, which is where the lighthouse keepers are rumored to have slept, is a popular attraction for guests with ghosts on the mind. Another frequently requested room is the Cape Cove room, which features a closet with a steep staircase leading into the attic. Oh, fun. I don't like that. Any sort of steep staircase leading into a smaller, creepy, dimly lit room. It reminds me of like, oh, what is it? The Winchester Mansion in California. I believe it's California. Where like, it's just that mansion, the, the, like the lady was being haunted by people and they had to just keep building onto oh, it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And there's just staircases leading to nowhere. It's giving the paranormal activity where they find like the picture of her as a kid up in the attic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Other guests prefer not to hear anything about the paranormal activity experienced at their stay. Manager Misty Anderson told the Columbian that, it can be an asset to the business or a hindrance, depending on how people feel about it, but we're doing fine. <laughs> we're doing fine. <laughs> so just what is the alleged story behind the ghost that Rome's has set ahead? The story goes that a lighthouse keeper moved in with his wife and two daughters onto the grounds. One of the daughters drowned, either in an ocean or in a cistern, which is the tank for water storage, depending on who's telling the story. In some versions, the lighthouse keeper's wife herself drowned, Adding to the eeriness of the story is the location of an unmarked grave on the grounds. B&B manager Misty Anderson told the Columbian in a 2017 article that there is an unmarked grave up on the hillside. It's all overgrown and has been left undisturbed. The lightkeeper's wife then left Hasetta Head after the tragic death of her daughter, but after she passed away, her spirit returned to the lighthouse's property to continue looking for her daughter. Unfortunately, records at the time did not list the family or the children of the lighthouse keepers, so there's no real way of really verifying if anything like this ever happened at the grounds. It is a pretty creepy story, though. That is actually a pretty creepy story. There's, I like the, like, kind of sort of, oh, what do you call it? Damn. Um, my brain wants to go to creepypasta. Urban legend? Urban legend, yes. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> Leave that pause and that no, edit that shit out. But no, uh <laughs> I really like the like two-way urban legend that you can take with that. I like that there's like no solid Yeah, it's like is it the no kid you can story. choose to believe it's the kid ghost or like the the mom ghost. I've noticed that like the like death of a child and then the mom spirit coming back to like 
either like find the kid or like seek vengeance or just to like torment people at the site that it happened seems to be really really common in ghost stories you know what i mean no it really does i'm like i wonder what's like behind that phenomena a group of students from the lane community college used a ouija board at the lighthouse and the board reportedly spelled out r-u-e leading to this ghostly figure being referred to as rue mama rue God damn it. Yeah, edit that out. Nope, it's staying in. Oh no. While Rue doesn't seem to have an unfriendly or mean presence, she does certainly let her presence be known. In 1975, the Sousslaw News reported an encounter between Rue the ghost and a worker named Jim Anderson, who had been hired to do some repairs around the property. Jim was cleaning a window in the attic of the house when he noticed an odd reflection in the glass. He turned around and saw what appeared to be an elderly woman dressed in a Victorian-style gown. Jim ended up running out of the house, and he didn't set foot back in it for several days. After a few days of avoiding the property, Jim came back once again to work on the repairs as needed. While he refused to go back inside the attic, he turned his attention to the outside of the house. While working on the exterior, he somehow broke a window in the attic. He made some hasty repairs from the outside, leaving some glass inside the house on the attic's floor. Later that night, the house's caretakers were woken up by the sounds of scraping in the attic, almost like someone was up there sweeping something. This is interesting to note because at the time, none of the housekeeping staff were aware that Jim had broken the attic's window earlier in the day. When they investigated the next morning, they found the glass in a neat pile as if someone had swept it that way. What a helpful ghost. I want a helpful ghost. <laughs> I want a ghost that sweeps. I would also like a ghost that cooks and does laundry and cleans the shower and takes out the recycling for some reason i'm uncomfortable with a ghost cooking i don't know why i'm just i'm just uncomfortable with that why i don't trust it i feel like i feel like it may try to poison me okay we can or cook. like like yeah i'm okay with cooking i can cook honestly yeah as long as they're like cleaning everything else up and whatnot i can cook my own food i can i, I got enough time to go grocery shopping fuck that yeah I, I i can cook my own food it's like if you're gonna stay in the house like could you contribute a little bit like please do take the trash out ghost yeah because as it stands right now yeah i have i hardly have enough time to fucking cook exactly you know how much easier our lives would be i could like i miss making roasts we should make a lasagna soon dude let's get some spinach a shitload of cheese hell yeah let's i'm down this. for and this noodles. i just realized i keep forgetting to bring the crock pot down here oh yeah damn let's get some ravioli too yeah oh. okay we are Never recording when hungry again. <laughs> Misty Anderson recalled one guest's experience to the Colombian, describing to them how the guest and the guest's husband were relaxing in the parlor area during an afternoon of their stay. The woman saw a gray figure float its way across the hallway. Nope. In the direction of the stairs leading to the second story. Too spoopy. She recalled another experience to KVAL, saying that there was one lady who sat here in the middle of the day, and I was here... And she said she watched the woman just float down this hallway like it was going to go out the front door, but there wasn't really anyone there. It was just kind of like, bye! <laughs> Y'all need anything from the store? <laughs> I'm going to the Rite Aid. <laughs> Picking up my prescription. One guest of the B&B, Carol Henderson, signed the hotel's ghostly guest book with a spooky story of her own. Carol wrote that she awoke early one morning, around 4.30 a.m. She said from there, she felt a strange presence climb into bed with her, and it stayed that way for several hours. She's quoted writing about this experience as, 
Need I say I feel strange about this experience, but in a way honored, she wrote. Concerned, but not harmed. Something strange <laughs> in your bed. Who you, you gonna, gonna call? Busting makes me feel good. <laughs> oh my God. This is such a niche <laughs> reference. Yeah. It's I guess so I'm niche, gonna, but it's not niche, I'm, but it is. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to link Bustin now so people <laughs> understand what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> do it. Do it. But that would freak me out so bad. I oh, had no, a friend growing up that swore that they had like a ghost cat in their house. And like it like That's it would feel cute. you would feel like the like pressure like you know how like when a cat jumps yeah. up on your bed and you kind of feel like it sink down a little bit and just yeah, yeah. she reported feeling that like a lot and I was like That's adorable. That's like the cutest possible haunting to experience. That I really want a ghost is. cat too. I want a ghost that cleans. I want a, <laughs> and I want a ghost cat. Imagine that freaking out your like actual cats though. Like every time it just comes by your cats are just on edge, just full arc. Oh, I'd like to imagine they would all get along. I would hope. Oh, I hope so. Now I'm worried. Now I'm worried about throwing off their dynamic. <laughs> Once a team of volunteers were painting the house and the fire alarms kept going off, it got to the point where one of the workers was actually sent to investigate and see if there was some sort of hidden fire going on around the property because it was happening so often as they were trying to work. After no trace of fire was found, they went on with their lives only to have the alarm go off again. This time, the worker decided to remove the batteries from the fire detector, thinking that it was defective or something. But even with the batteries removed, the fire alarm went off again. That's really spooky. Something what with the, the batteries being taken out going off. That's some always shit. gets me. Like in like any like ghost movie or anything, you know what I mean? The kids' toy that's like going off, even though they, like shut it off, and I'm like, oh, that is some Chucky shit. Nope. Famous Oregon scenic photographers are even among the ranks of those who have experienced something unearthly on the grounds. Steve Terrell and Larry Jedis spoke with BeachConnection.net, whose article on Oregon's haunted lighthouse was a source for this episode. They told Beach Connection that they'd been staying at the B&B while in the area doing some photography. During one point of their stay, they spotted what appeared to be the figure of a woman in the window of Larry Jedis's room. It happened fast, and they weren't quite sure what they had seen. It wasn't until later, when they discovered that they'd been the only ones in the building at the time, that Larry became visibly disturbed by what they had seen. Later on, they discovered that several objects inside Larry's room had been moved around, too. Ooh, I don't like that. You know what that actually kind of reminds me of? It just reminds me of the stories you hear about, like, rock stars back in the day. They would just, like, some... You ever hear the stories of, like, I, I can't remember any band specifically that did it. But you would hear about them like going in there and gluing all of the furniture to the ceiling. Yes, like those ridiculous hotel room party I stories and shit, shit like that. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> another common, another common paranormal phenomena guests encounter is objects going missing, though they usually are returned quickly. Some have reported their items being moved in their rooms or missing altogether, even though no one had entered the room. Misty Anderson said, "Things don't go missing for long." If anything has been moved in their room, it usually stays in their room. I can't think of anything that's completely gone. It just moves. So it does seem like these ghosts are more like, we're just going to mess with you. you yeah, know we're what just going to fuck with you. Yeah. It's almost, oh man. They're like the prank YouTubers of the ghosty world. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Beth Mozachio says that she often feels a presence while going about her job duties, which include housekeeping, serving, and other odd jobs. 
She said, usually after I get the bed made, there will be a depression, as if someone has just sat there. She told the Colombian that she's never seen Rue, but would probably scream if she did spot her. She told them, my job is to take care of the place and make it look nice, and I think that she likes that. Another reported paranormal activity heard by guests and staff include footsteps, overhearing conversations, and, occasionally, something will go flying off of a shelf. The B&B's night caretaker said at 55 years old, I'm still pulling the covers up over me. And while most accounts of the ghost that they call Rue, or occasionally the Grey Lady, aren't of some evil malicious ghost, the night caretaker isn't the only one on the staff a little uneasy about the entire thing. Misty Anderson, who we've quoted a few times in this episode, described herself as being a scaredy cat and says that after all the experiences she's seen and heard of at Hasetta Head, she doesn't like to spend the night in the B&B anymore. So there you have it, all the paranormal tales of Hasetta Head all wrapped up with a bow on it. I definitely think that staying here is is right up me and Steven's alley, and so I wouldn't be surprised if one day we end up there to do some ghost hunting of our own. Oh no, we're going. Especially because it's near Florence. We could go to Exploding Dead Whale Memorial Park oh, during yeah. the day, yeah. and then we could stay here at night. Sorry, you said Florence, and then like immediately in my head, what I could see is every time I had to travel from Tennessee to Ohio, you hit Florence, Kentucky, and there's a big ass water tower and oh. it says florence y'all oh i don't think that oregon has one of those <laughs> i would still probably say that the oregon florence is superior to the one in kentucky but that fucking water tower is hard to beat man that's a hard that's, that's hard to beat but they don't got no fucking exploding whale memorial I was park gonna say kentucky ever blew up a whale <laughs> i think not <laughs> Thank you for listening to Olympia Oddities. Be sure to check out our Tee Public shop where you can buy yourself a shirt, mug, sticker, or more. You can search Olympia Oddities Podcast or find the link in our Instagram bio, which is also at Olympia Oddities Podcast. Be sure to follow our podcast so you get all of the paranormal and cryptid goodness right in your feed. And if you want to help us out a ton, you can do that by leaving us a five-star rating. We're excited to announce that we've partnered with 16% Nation as affiliates, and they make the cutest cryptid plushies and so just some fantastic cryptid merch in general. You can use our code CRYPTIDLOVE, all one word, all caps, for free shipping. Head to the Olympia Oddities Instagram page or our Facebook group for more details. I'm Trista, and my personal Instagram is SaloonGhost. I'm Steven, and I'm changing everything on my social media to Florence, y'all. And until next time, friends. So long, partner, I guess I should say. Happy trails. Happy trails. Until we meet again.